From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're listening to Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me, the email address, Charlie Robinson at tntradio.live is the best place to do that. If you want to follow me, you can do so on Twitter at macroaggressions, or I guess it's now called X, whatever. Follow me there. If you want to catch my audio podcast, macroaggressions, you can do so wherever podcasts are served. Let's jump into the news and see what's going on in the world to kick things off. I see that New York City began... um, went into effect today banning discrimination based on height and weight uh i see that they're finally focused on important issues right not the 12 billion dollars over the next three years that it will cost to support all of the illegal immigration that has flooded into the city let's not focus on the billion dollars over three years that they'll be spending on hotel bills alone for that yes in let's focus on uh the weight of people and making sure that they're not discriminated against i'll tell you what i'm tempted to quit this job move to new york city try out for the New York Knicks, not make the team, file a discrimination lawsuit and set myself up for life. It's it's a possibility. I'm considering it. Also, in the Middle East, I see that the Israeli warplanes have continued to defend themselves by bombing the neighboring concentration camp known as Gaza into smithereens. Uh, Anthony Blinken told Netanyahu to take it easy on the civilians, which I'm sure he's going to get right on. Uh, COP28 climate summit, underway now. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres, war criminal, used world leaders, I should say urged world leaders to plan for a future without fossil fuels. He, um, a a term that the Rockefellers themselves created to give the impression that uh, the fuel sources are somehow limited and that oil was actually scarce. King Charles said that the world was, quote, dreadfully far off track uh, with regard to the climate agenda. I presume he said this from his gold throne. Tesla's new Cybertruck is now available, starting at $61,000 and topping out at a base price for the Cyberbeast at $99,990. It says that it has 340-mile range. It can go 0 to 60 in 2.1 seconds. A little demonstration of a Cybertruck racing a Porsche while towing a Porsche. That was interesting. But this entire push for electric vehicles is, of course, part of a much larger scam. This is not saving the world. This is not saving the earth. This is merely changing the form of energy from burning coal, from well, from burning uh, gasoline, petroleum, to fuel your car, to instead filling it with electricity, which is created by burning coal. So you're trading in your gas-powered car for a coal-burning car, while simultaneously depleting the earth of rare earth minerals, such as neodymium, in which China controls 100% of the market on that. Um, Processing, not to mention the processing and manufacturing capabilities of the 
uh, refining of these said rare earth minerals. We get Africa involved in this by providing resources needed for that cobalt mine. So, so while you're patting yourself on the back for driving your electric car and saving the world, just remember that the battery that's in that uses the cobalt that is mined by slave children in Africa and the products that are associated with the manufacturing of these electric cars are coming from uh, regions of the world that the United States is trying to dominate militarily in order to retain the supply of the materials that they need for this. The BRICS alliances are lining up. Their, um, their game is not well known to most people. Uh, the majority of people that are buying electric vehicles probably think that they're doing themselves a favor. Look, if you want to buy a Tesla because it's a cool car, go for it. But if you think you're saving the planet or reducing your carbon footprint because you are driving an electric vehicle, well, you need to get clear on facts behind what's really going on. This is part of a much larger agenda. The climate change scam has been in the works for half a century. This is the culmination of that. It's part of an agenda to um, transform society into a more managed uh, process, a, a more of a slave and plantation owner mentality. And I'll tell you what, this isn't my opinion on the on the topic. Take it from the Club of Rome themselves in a book they wrote called The Limits to Growth in 1972, just about 50 years ago, in which they announced their plan to use global warming. Quote, the common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention. It's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. We believe humanity requires a common motivation, namely a common adversary, in order to realize world government. It does not matter if this common enemy is a real one or one invented for the purpose. If you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbeam, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now, there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. With the new boss, same as the old boss, on November 30th, in her first appearance before Congress, the new director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, defended COVID-era policies, including, but not limited to, vaccine mandates. Here with the story, joining me is TNT Radio News producer, Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Thanks, Charlie. What an interesting story this is. Uh, just so you know, I want to set the record straight. According to Wikipedia, we'll just go with this. The uh, the CDC is the National Public Health Agency of the United States. It is a United States federal agency under the Department of Health and Human Services. It's headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. 
According to this Wikipedia entry, the agency's main goal is the protection of public health and safety through the control and prevention of disease, injury, and disability in the United States and worldwide. But you would not know that listening to the words coming from the mouths of the CDC's new director. If you paid attention to what she had to say, you might suggest instead that the agency's main goal is the protection of vaccine makers. Yeah. Uh, so this is one Dr. Mandy Cohen. Uh, that's the new director. She told Representative Jeff Duncan, Republican from South, South Carolina, after he asked if she regretted any of the policies that were put into place in North Carolina, such as school closures, when she was that state's health secretary. Here's what she had to say. Quote, I'm very proud of the work we did in North Carolina. I feel like we did that in a way that was very inclusive. End quote. Uh-huh. When Representative Debbie Lesko, a Republican from Arizona, noted that Dr. Cohen supported harsh measures as health secretary, including vaccine mandates, Dr. Cohen said it was time to, quote unquote, look forward and start a new chapter. In response to how Americans would know whether the new director will support the same measures at the federal level, quote, you have to remember at different moments in time, we needed different solutions, end quote. Huh. OK. In response to another question about whether she'd shut down schools if a pandemic happened again, quote, the good news is that we're in a different place than we were before. We both have different tools and have different mechanisms to respond. I can't really address a hypothetical, but I think we've learned a lot about how to approach things, end quote. Uh-huh. So did closing schools harm students? Well, Dr. Cohen said, quote, we always knew in-person instruction was incredibly beneficial, end quote. <laughs> Representative Gary Palmer, a Republican from Alabama, said to her, quote, you'd be the greatest, you'd be great in the sales department, end quote, which actually prompted a rare smile from the new director. Um, Dr. Cohen has replaced Dr. Rochelle Walensky, uh, President Biden's first CDC director over the summer. Dr. Walensky was an advocate for COVID-19 vaccines, masks and school closures. And uh, I think we're seeing a lot more of the same. Dr. Cohen also indicated she supports mask mandates, saying all masks, including cloth masks, worked as a quote unquote barrier and protected against COVID-19. Uh-huh. The CDC recommends wearing well-fitting masks for protection. Dr. Cohen's answers sparked frustration from lawmakers of both parties. Uh, Democrat from California, Representative Scott Peters said, quote, my neighbor would say, should I wear a cloth mask? I don't know from your answer what I should tell them, end quote. I like what Representative Dan Crenshaw, Republican from my state now, Texas, uh, said that Dr. Cohen was in the perfect place to help the CDC reestablish credibility, but appears to be failing, quote, if the CDC wants its credibility back, you've got to have a mea culpa moment. You're in the perfect position to do it because you had nothing to do with their decisions at the time. So there's no reason to defend it. It's okay to say it didn't make any sense to shut down schools. The data shows that now. It doesn't make sense to do major lockdowns. The data shows that now. It doesn't make sense to mask kids. The data shows that now. It's okay to say it and the public will reward you for it, end quote. But Dr. Cohen refused to say authorities in North Carolina or at the CDC did anything wrong, repeatedly steering the discussion back to the future, not the past. She did refer broadly several times to lessons learned during the pandemic, including being more transparent. 
Wow. Well, I would just call all of that a bunch of lip service, Charlie. What do you think about this one? Well, she's very Don Donald Rumsfeldian with that. You know, mistakes were made. We're charting a course forward. We're not going to be living in the past. I mean, of course we could do this. But we're we're just going to move ahead. The, 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 look, the CDC is a captured organization. The CDC generates over $5 billion a year just on the patents that they own on the vaccines that they recommend. They are in no position to talk about credibility. They should be broken down. They should, hey, listen, if, there, if there's going to be some sort of accountability on the part of the previous CDC administration, why? how about ritual suicide? I mean, uh, let's propose something like that. I mean, if you're going to be, if you want us to take you seriously, you're going to have to get a little bit further away from, you know, the well, we're cloth masks were the best that we, we were working with the, all the information we could at the time. And that was the best that we had. No, it wasn't. We were screaming about this at the top of our lungs. You got us thrown off social media for doing so. So this is nonsense. Of course, the CDC is is a revolving door between big pharma and government regulations. There's nothing uh, there's nothing to see here. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I wonder if the people they choose to head these organizations are even actual doctors or scientists. Um, I, I suppose in her case, she is as well as uh, Walensky. But I look at what happens, what's happening at the World Health Organization. From what I understand, the dude in charge there is not even involved in health or medicine or science. You know, he just steers that committee, you know, at the behest uh, because, you know, he's got pockets filled from people like Bill Gates and the country of China, from what I understand. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how ridiculous to in the face of actual proven data, real science now that everyone can access without being banned on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter slash X. I mean, you're still going to sit here and play defense and, and just ignore the fact that, that somebody needs to accept responsibility for what took place almost four years ago now. Ridiculous. Get out of here. Uh, I agree with what Crenshaw had to say, Charlie. Yeah, well, there's also the SPARS pandemic document that was produced in 2017, in which it simulated a fictional outbreak of a novel coronavirus in that that swept the world from 2025 to 2028. Now, it was a fictional scenario, of course, but it was put together by people that were role playing for just such events. In this fictional scenario, the way it ended three years after the event is ironic or coincidental or maybe predictive programming. But it ended the mass firings of everybody involved in it. There was a Fauci-like character. The head of the CDC was thrown under the bus. And it ended with uh, it becoming undeniable that the policies and plans that they had in place during the beginning of this fictional pandemic didn't work. It was almost as if they knew this wasn't going to work. If you go back and read that SPARS pandemic document, which is available, it's about 89 pages. You can download it you will find a scenario that very much like what we've been living through over the past years. If I didn't know better, I would think that they were deeply involved in making this happen. But of course, they'd have to fit me for a tinfoil hat after that one. But that's that's just the world that we live in. False flags, uh, advanced knowledge, event 201 the things like this and and then when everybody gets caught they act surprised and then point to to the future and say well listen we'll just do better next time won't we how long can they keep doing that i mean the population honestly can't be that stupid charlie i mean seriously i, I wonder sometimes if, what the real end goal is sometimes i wonder is this like some sort of sneak attack plan to get us all to not 
trust the health system so that we all get sick and die? I just don't know anymore. There's so many layers to this disgusting conspiracy onion, my friend. Yeah, it certainly is. But as always, we appreciate you coming in and breaking it down for us as only you can. Thanks, Ruckus. We'll catch you next week. Uh, coming up, my first guest, Kate Shimarani, TNT host, second guest, Jason Burmes. You can catch him. He's a producer of Loose Change. We'll be back on the other side of the break. This is TNT Radio. Pervoy Morich on TNT Radio. From June 2012 for BBC, Tony Blair ID cards needed to tackle illegal migrants. Uh, of course, that was 2012. Those ID cards today are is, is digital ID. And uh, Majid Nawaz, among others, he, he says, globalist surrogates pretending to be right, populist right-wing influencers against Muslims and immigration are leading you into a trap. It was these very same globalists who opened our borders as part of their plan after invading multiple countries in your name. And of course, it's the same false flag form they're creating the problem intentionally because they have a solution that they want for us. So, you know, they got the solution, which is, you know, dystopia. Uh, and then they figure out, okay, what problems can we create to, to get where we want to go? So we want this algorithm ghetto. How do we get it? Flood in the illegal migrants get rid of law and order and the solution is going to be the algorithm ghetto and we're already seeing signs of that pervoy morich on today's news talk radio tnt the light is britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies no that's what the bbc say the light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today you can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Our first guest is a host here at TNT Radio. You can catch her show Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. to noon, London time. The great Kate Shimarani is with us. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm good, thank you. From the very cold southeast of England, they're all getting excited because it's about to snow and they're not used to snow down here. <laughs> well, I just got, I just saw breaking news from the Associated Press that it's your birthday today. So happy birthday, Kate. It was, it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday. was my birthday. And I'm very proud to be 58 because that's 12 years post aggressive cancer with no survival, according to three studies at five years, 20% at two years, if I did everything they told me. And of course, I declined everything except for surgery. And I'm alive and well. Well, you're, years unique, you're uniquely qualified to speak about this because we, we've got a problem with the medical industry. Well, here in the States, of course, we just talked about the ruckus, talked about the CDC, but that's not limited to us. Of course, we know that the NHS is is diabolical and that they're they're involved in all sorts of uh, improprieties. And I guess that's putting it mildly. Let's just call it crimes against humanity. But uh, in the news today, Reuters just reported that GlaxoSmithKline CEO says that the RSV vaccine revenue is set to top a billion pounds in the first year 
year. This is the CEO Emma Walmsley. She she called the shot. The shot is called Erexv. I don't know. I don't know how they come up with these names. I think they just randomly pull letters out of a hopper or something. Um, but they also had to mention during this press conference that the the discontinued heartburn drug that they've made, uh, Zantac, is expected to cost them five billion dollars in settlements. That would make it twice as expensive as the largest uh, uh, cost in the United States, which was Vioxx for Pfizer, which came in around two and a half billion dollars. So we're seeing that these these products are extremely dangerous. They're marketed to us as being safe and effective. We know that they're anything but. Anybody that gets into looking into the studies knows that um, there aren't they aren't well done. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I don't know, Let's just call it fraud and lying because that's what it is. What's your take on this? Because it it, it seems like um, you know, for as long as as I've been alive, the vaccine industry has been a huge moneymaker for these people, and there seems to be no accountability. You think there'll be any accountability when the RSV vaccine decides to start to hurt people the way their Zantac uh, heartburn drug has? Isn't it great? Bang on. Never work with animals. The main coon, the mental main coons, just arrived as well through the cat flap. I never normally sit well, down. I, just, I have my, I just I have my door closed so that my cats don't show up. <laughs> oh, I've got cats everywhere. Um, well, first of all, yeah. And you know what? They're, they're doing the veterinary industry. It's just the same thing. They inject your pets. Oh. It's all true. Um, and there's a wonderful book called The Tip of the Needle about that. Let's Let's absolutely level the ground here so we know. What they refer to as viruses, exosomes and viruses are one and the same. You can't catch a virus. It's a load of bull to sell you vaccines from. You can go right back in the in the UK. We've got the National Homicide Service. If you look at when it was started, Omri Bevan, the, the people who were behind the NHS, all eugenicists. What a fantastic way to ensure that you make your people sick or sterile or both shorten their lives by getting them as babies and injecting them with viruses, fungus, mold, bacteria, aluminium, mercury. And then don't forget to throw in some immortalized cell lines from aborted fetuses when there are studies showing that it's not just your brain cells that carry memory, all cells in your body do. So you're taking on that energy from that aborted fetus. It's all there. People can talk and say what they like about me. I really couldn't give a rat's ass. But you cannot catch a virus. The whole germ theory is a theory. And and the whole thing about, oh, you've got antibodies. Antibodies are working with your white cells. And the reason you have a high antibody count is because you're toxic. The cancer cannot get a grip on the human body if the liver is good. All of your blood, the life is in the blood, filters through your liver every three minutes. So when your liver's completely compromised because we live in a toxic world and you're you're what we refer to as our immunity can no longer rally in a response enough to deal with all of these things disease sets in so what are they doing you know you read this thing uh that was on reuters and they talk about you know children getting getting pneumonia first of all um elderly and young have um, not as many manospinal lectins in the liver. This is why they're very susceptible to dying of what we call pneumonia, because it takes a couple of days for those T lymphocytes, your fighter cells, to get going. So they, you know, they when when they talk about the flu, when they're injecting all these elderly uh, with incapacity, 
with this flu shot and you're all mixing with them and sitting with them, you get sick with that toxicity. Then they squirt it up the kids' noses. They're already getting the babies as soon as they're born. Before they're born, they're injecting the mothers. But when the babies are born, they're giving them that disgusting vitamin K shot. So they're bound to get sick. Now, then when you look up, oh, listen, my tin hat is as big as a Stetson. But when you when you look at the work of Dr. Barry Trower, Dr. Catherine Horton, Professor Moskilu, and you look at what we refer to as 5G, 60 gigahertz and up, what we refer to as viruses and bacteria, fungus, mold, all proliferate in an attempt to survive once that EMF starts going right up. Well, everybody's been loaded up with everything that's in the vaccines, that they're putting in the water, that they're spraying from the skies. Now they're hitting you with EMF. So bingo. These are these these people guarantee you're just the cash cow. They're going to milk your corpse till you drop with every drug they can inject into you, squirt up your noses or whatever else. But but let's not talk about them, GlaxoSmithKline or Pfizer or any of the rest of these absolute gangsters, cartel. Let's talk about the, the health service who are just pimps and assassins. Because you've got your... Doctors who are paid uh, and they get bonuses, it's the same in the UK. Oh, if you use a lot of this drug and you hit your target, you get to go to a two-week um, drug thing in in um, some exotic location and you can take your missus and your kids and you only have to pitch up one day, but you can have two weeks off uh, while you're there, you know, waterboarding, water skiing. So you've got the doctors prescribing it, then you've got the nurses giving it. And, and I don't know who in their right mind called the nurses heroes. Um, oh, look, they're so good. Actually, in America in 2020, a Supreme Court took away the protection of a nurse working under a doctor. So you nurses, your sphincters better be twitching because you're going to be held accountable for everything. And time in history, Eight tons of evidence, 900 pages in the medical trials of Nuremberg. You should go read them. They're very sobering. I've read them. Um, you know, oh, I was just doing my job. I had a mortgage. You know, I had, I had to pay my rent. I had children. I didn't want to upset my boss. Many of them went to prison for life and many of them were hanged. And I think you'll find that under the Rome statute, genocide is the same penalty today as it ever was. Death by hanging. Absolutely. God, I love you. Uh, we're going to take a, a drop out for a quick news break. We'll be back on the other side with Kate. TNT. Here's what's making news. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Fighting resumed between Israel and Hamas early Friday morning. Ending the week-long truce is no immediate sign of a deal to extend the ceasefire for an eighth day was reached. Israel released another group of Palestinian prisoners Friday, hours after the Hamas terrorist group freed additional Israeli hostages under a last-minute agreement to extend their ceasefire by another day in Gaza. South Australia will soon make it illegal to display Nazi symbols and gestures in public in light of an increase of anti-Semitism and extremist behavior in the country. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Kate, I rarely come across somebody that is passionate and as angry about the medical industry as I am. So it is extremely refreshing for me to hear you go off on these people because they need it. When we examine, you talked about NHS's role in coming out of the eugenics movement. This is depopulation. This isn't 
conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy analysis. These people talk about this. The Wellcome Trust is deeply involved in this. They're partners with GlaxoSmithKline. We talk about Nuremberg. We talk about the protections that these pharmaceutical companies have had. In the United States, you can't sue a pharmaceutical or you can't sue a vaccine ma manufacturer due in, after 1986 with the vaccine adverse effects re uh, result reporting system that was put into place through that system they have paid out over 4.2 billion dollars to settle damage claims against uh for against these vaccine manufacturers it's gone through some form of kangaroo court and then they did a study in 2009, a Harvard Pilgrim study, which showed that really the VAERS court only processes and gets access to about 1% of the people that are actually impacted by these shots, which means that that $4.2 billion, if VAERS was seen, everybody that was actually impacted would be closer to $420 billion. Now, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company that was getting sued for $420 billion and having to pay out for faulty brake pads. Would you ever buy brakes? Would you ever get into a car that had brakes? Of course not. So this is the reality of the pharmaceutical industry, but we are blinded by this, especially in the United States, because they are allowed to advertise on television here and in New Zealand, the only two countries in the world where they allow that. And they bombard us with lies and propaganda. And it is all normalized because the media gets fit. 50% of their ad revenue from big pharma. So they never run that, that report, but it's up to people like you to, to talk about, well, you and me to talk about what's really going on. And I appreciate this. Uh, Pfizer just announced today that it was going to pull the plug on a drug, a twice daily oral weight loss drug, uh, the oh. due to most of the participants dropping out due to vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> they made a bulimia pill and uh, and then act surprised when it got when when it didn't go. The trials didn't go well because everybody got sick. I, I feel like I'm living on a parallel planet or some some some, you know, far out universe where insanity is normalized. I see this. I just think, why would anybody trust the pharmaceutical industry at this point? Well, the problem is uh, people like to think that the government are their mummy and daddy and love them and they don't want yeah. to have to take responsibility for their own health. As long as they're watching Netflix and got their mobile phone and going on their two weeks holiday and going and having idolatry and watching football and got the latest, you know, Nike gear or whatever, um, they don't care. They're quite happy to eat garbage and go to the doctor to have a pill to fix it. I'm 58 years of age. I weigh the same as when I left school. I, I do weights three times a week. I eat a, a very healthy diet. It's my most expensive thing, all organic. Um, I took responsibility for my own health massively when I got cancer. But this is the problem. They It's it's about idolatry, idolizing the doctors, fix me up, doc. And they do advertise here. I just walked past a, a major <clears throat> uh, chain of shops. And in the window, they've got come and get your flu shot. And, and also they, they advertise about the HPV vaccine, the most dangerous vaccine. What I, the other thing is just to say, people are being slightly distracted with COVID shots, COVID shots, it's the COVID shots. No, it's all shots. And every single shot that you put in is degrading. You can go through graveyards all over the world 
And when you go, people born before 1920, you'll find lots of people that live to over 100 and 120 years of age. The Hunzas in the Himalayas all live till they're over 120. No cancer. Then you see the introduction of vaccines starting to come in, like the, the measles vaccine in 1963. You start to see people, their, their lifespan getting less. Then you bring in all of your pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. The fact that all of these foods are only grown in, in potassium, phos uh, phosphorus, nitrogen. They're not grown in over 42 minerals. So your food is reaching your table void of nutrients. Then the glyphosate, then the fluoride, and all these things are tested. And you know, the Pfizer shot, you talk about the Pfizer shot. In, in the UK, they had the AstraZeneca shot, which they knew very early on, I think in September, that it caused transverse myelitis. Then they knew in the December, it caused thrombocytopenia and thrombosis, but they still sold, I think it was uh, 300,000 of those doses to America. And they gave, a, no, sorry, I think it was a million, a million, but they still gave 30 million in the UK. Now we went right back to the early 2000s and we found that they'd made something with those ingredients that caused that. They didn't just randomly get a cauldron and stick all this garbage in these vaccines. They tested perfectly what they were going to put in vaccines. I, it was um, Dr. John Macht of the John Hopkins University. He has, I think he's written six books, over 900 pages. There's a science award in his honor. And he looked at everything that was in scripture that we're told we're forbidden to have in our bodies. and and he looked through it all and, and, and actually stated why scripture was correct. And everything that is in scripture in Thessalonians and Deuteronomy, they put in vaccines, everything, absolutely everything. You're not supposed to eat the fish with no scales, but they put squalene. And then you saw all the guys in the Gulf War with, with the anthrax vaccine getting problems. They do all of this because this is, we're not fighting flesh and blood here. We're fighting principalities. I'm a trained and qualified nurse of, I think, 38 years, I forget. Um, only the title of registered is protected through parliament. I don't want to be on their register. It was taken over by the government in 2001. It's like knocking on the door of Auschwitz saying, can I have my job back? I don't need their register. I'm a trained and qualified independent nurse prescriber. I understand drugs and how they work. And what they've actually done is they've tried and tested everything on how they're going to destroy you. And the actual emblem for pharmaceuticals is the dagger with the serpent around it. It's all there. Everything is there. Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. And the truth shall set you free. So this is all there. Now, we've got the Prevention of Euthanasia Bill, which Anne Winterton was pivotal in from 2000. Clause 17. Doctors can't get done for, for killing a patient. They can only get done for negligence because it's said in the court that they'd always be looking over their shoulder. So, so what they've done is very cleverly, they've put it on the nurses and the nurses are mm. doing the killing. And it's going to take one case and those floodgates are going to open. Now you, I think it was a, a French general at the turn of the century when he was asked, what is an indication of a true victor in battle? And he said it was never the biggest army. It was just the army that always advanced and never retreated. And you don't win a war by fighting the whole thing. You have to do small battles, achievable battles. What's achievable? Everybody was given this vaccine without making true informed consent, which in a court of law is medical battery. They need to start going after these individual nurses because when the nurses then 
start to get done and lose their homes, their pensions, everything, then they're going to think twice about continuing with this genocide. That's how they need to do it. That's exactly how they need to do it. We we have this 120K, exactly like America, that you can get from the government. The very fact that the government have got a vaccine injury uh, payment tells you the truth. No vaccine has ever been proven safe. No vaccine has ever been proven effective. And no two vaccines have ever been tested for their efficacy. What does that mean? You can give a drug and it will have a certain um, reaction with the body. No drug on the market has got an LD0, lethal dose zero. LD50 is considered very dangerous. That means if 100 people took that drug, 50 will die. LD15 is considered okay, even though 15 out of 100 will die. Now, you can take a drug, you can have a vaccine that can have no effect. You can take another one, you might live. You take the two together, it could be catastrophic. They've not tested a single vaccine together with another vaccine, but they're piling six at a time into your beautiful, perfect child as you take it to the sacrificial altar of Moloch. Yes, it's just diabolical advantage over the rest of humanity because we understood this before covid started and when the shots rolled out we were we didn't have that steep learning curve that a lot of people had where they started to say i think the pharmaceutical industry might not be run by the most ethical people we've known that for a long time you and i so it's uh it's about information it's about knowledge and if for those of you that want to go down a rabbit hole this weekend go look up sv40 simian virus 40 and what you find about that that'll scare you to death thank you Kate, oh, i'll for tell you there's something even better it. than that tb go and look up the tb vaccine they give you between two and eight million live bacteria if you live anywhere near asians they say oh you're more susceptible they're giving it to all of them that sits dormant in your body for 30 to 40 years what did i tell you about 5g it causes bacteria to what proliferate what have we got right now a massive increase in TB. And what are they doing? They inject the kids and then they carry it through this particular antigen, platelet antigen that you can your, your offspring get. They know exactly what they're doing. If you look at the TB va- vaccine, two to eight million into tiny babies, live bacteria. I mean, you've got to be out of your mind. If you're one of those it's, fat... It's- dancing nurses on those TikTok videos. I mean, all of you need to dance more, break sweat and lose weight because you were squeezed into those scrubs like well-stuffed Chesterfields. Health educators, my backside. Did you see the state of them? Anyway, but, you know, they're taking these kids. They don't know anything about a vaccine. They don't even know what's in it. They're taught in nursing school. It's a little bit of a virus attenuated, weakened to stimulate an immune response. They don't know anything. They take these lessons for two hours. They're going out there. Someone comes at you down a a train platform with a gun. You're going to run away. They come at you with a machete. You're going to run away. They come at you with a syringe filled with liquid. You're going to run away. But put on some gloves and a mask and a lanyard with a syringe and you'll let them take your kids. Uh, it's it's like amazing. Your, it really is. It, it's survival of the fittest. It's actually showing who's got any functioning gray matter at this stage. Well, that's Kate Shimrani, everybody. Catch her show 
Sundays, 11 a.m. to noon, London time. Kate, you're best. We're back with Jason Burmis on the other side of the break. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. My goomba, Mark Morano, is over in Dubai. He actually was telling me that I should go over there with him, but I have other things to do. In any case, Mark has said that the COP28 is shaping up to be a doubling down on the green agenda, despite the massive failure on a grand global scale. Now, I'm sure Mark is going to be talking about this quite a bit, but I would be remiss if a remiss, whichever word you want to use, if I did not bring up what Mark sent down today and he's going to be reporting on this and make no mistake about it this un climate summit will continue the push for the collapse of our once plentiful energy food supply and transportation what could be the possible reason to do that i mean you have bill gates king charles john kerry the world economic forum all these people are elitist all of them are ignorant as to what is actually driving the climate all of them are arrogant and believe that they are smarter than everyone else and therefore they wish to control everyone else that is what this is all about i'm sure as mark reports on it everybody's going to pick up on that this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather it's the only weather you've got hi i'm ryan blaney a third generation race car driver and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible but when my grandpa was diagnosed with alzheimer's it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Today's conversation, Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. TNT Radio. My next guest is a legend in the alternative media. He is the producer of Loose Change. He is the producer of Shade. He is the host of Reality Rants with Jason Burmis over on Red Voice Media. You can go to redvoicemedia.com to find his work. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Burmis, good to see you, man. How are you? Good to see you too. However, Charlie, I've got some bad news. Uh, as of Monday, unfortunately, and this is why alternative media is so important, um, Red Voice had to basically drop every single one of their paid hosts and more. Um, no. So they had to scale uh, back. Uh, un- you know, Ray was very heartbroken about it. So I am no longer doing that show. Luckily, I did have a second show over on AmpNews.us. You can check me out Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, and that is more of I, the backgrounds here. I wear a, a, a suit jacket, and I interview some interesting people. Uh, it, it is definitely, I will say this, at times a toned-back Burmis, uh, but oh. at the same time, yes, and, and that's that's what kind of sucks about the whole thing. Because I absolutely loved getting on the air uh, two hours in the morning and just saying whatever I wanted. And that's, you know, that is, I'm sure, I know that you know this, but number one, to get a check in alternative media from somebody else is pretty hard to come by. To get a check in alternative media from somebody else who never told you to say anything or, hey, you need to tone it down who always backed you 100%, whether or not they agree with you or not, is the rarest of the rare. And I can assure everybody I had that over there. And, uh, 
yeah, man, uh, we'll see what's happening. I mean, this literally happened on Monday. Uh, I did my Monday show and uh, I was actually taping Making Sense of the Madness. And I got a, a phone call from Ray and I'm like, Ray never calls me with good news. And I think uh -oh. this was like on the 27th. <laughs> and all of a sudden my pay went through before the first. And then I just immediately knew uh, what was happening. And it's unfortunate, but you know, you know me, man, I'm not going anywhere. Maybe I'll make more unions of the unwanted now that my uh, schedule is a little bit more open. Yep. Um, I, I think I'm probably going to go back to like the three to eight videos a day model. And even, you know, because I was on competing networks, if you will. Uh, but there was some talk of, of kind of working together. And you see that uh, with, with some alternative media outlets. I wish we could do it more, right? Uh, especially yeah. the genuine ones. But now I can play more clips. And, I, and man, I've been getting some killer interviews and some really big exclusive no one talking about. Like uh, I had Andrew G. Huff on the program just a few weeks ago. For those not aware of who he is, he's the EcoHealth whistleblower on the inside that openly talked about the work they were doing with DARPA at Chapel Hill, in China, with Dazic, et cetera. And I actually talked to him about the Department of Energy because not a lot of people understand the significance of the Department of Energy when it comes to uh, bioengineering, uh, I would say genetic weaponry. They're all in it. They're all in. And uh, he was kind of taken aback a little bit, but he's like, you know, you're the first person to ask me that. But let me say this, you know, and a lot of it's classified, but they were at the forefront of uh, genetic research. So I'm blessed to even have this gig. If I had no gigs, Charlie, I'd be running my mouth just like I am now. Well, we we I'm glad you had this last week there because we were able to get uh, Kissinger uh, to drop dead. Thank God. And, um, I, you know, dancing on his grave, I'm fine with. And you, of course, with your work in loose change and your I mean, your work, your body of work over the last 20 years. Kissinger is a common denominator. If it were a Venn diagram of evil, it would interlock with Henry Kissinger on so many different uh, aspects. What is your take uh, on, on the legacy of this guy? A hundred years old. They always live to be a hundred, right? Uh, the legacy of somebody like Henry Kissinger. Man, this is actually the first time I'm talking about it, uh, to be honest with you. Oh, really? I, I, well, I, good. I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, because uh, on Monday, I got the news and I did a uh, a, thr a throwback show, a farewell show with the audience the next day. But I've been moving. And actually, right after this, Charlie, I'm going back to my old house to grab the last bits and pieces and clean up. And I hate it. <laughs> it's not easy. But Kissinger. So here's the deal, guys. This is why Henry is so important. First of all, you really don't see, uh, I, I would say, the fortitude of any human being, good or evil, whatever the driving force is, uh, of a Henry Kissinger often. What do I mean by that? All the way up until this year, this year, Charlie, at 100, he attended Bilderberg. Um, he was actually, I don't know whether it was some kind of uh, repentance, but one of the more reasonable people when it came to Ukraine, Russia, calling for not World War III, those are about the nicest things I'm going to say about the guy right now. A <laughs> hundred years that man lived. Well, very early on, um, Henry Kissinger being, a, I would say, a political social climber, but a very intelligent, cunning, and I would say sociopathic slash psychopathic uh, guy. But the thing with the sociopathy is 
it's almost it, it, it's cartel like sociopathy. So when you look at what the modern day mafia is to most people, even if you watch something that's satirized, um, such as like the Sopranos, they're all sociopaths. They're all looking out for number one at the end of the day, but then there's a group of them that work together. There are some allegiances. And uh, very early on, uh, Henry Kissinger and David Rockefeller hooked up. And for those that don't know about that, uh, Rockefeller, and you can go check it out. Um, there's actually articles on this. Rockefeller was former, formal, former naval intelligence. So also not a dumb guy. Uh, and obviously coming from a family of super resources. So long before computers, he had a filing system that was much like the Dewey Decimal System of your and my generation. You were looking up in a library. You can actually see the Henry Kissinger cards. And uh, he meets Henry at the uh, inception of Bilderberg. Let's bring it all the way back from that 100-year uh, anniversary of him being there, like this year. And him, uh, you know, geez, it must have been literally 69 years before. <laughs> 69 wow. years before. Yeah, I think about that. That's that's the first one and he's there. And Kissinger is so impressive to Rockefeller that he's like I want him to head up my Rockefeller fund. And we're going to start institutions that are kind of like the forefronts for these NGOs we have now. A lot of people talk about Soros and his open uh society, right? Well, long before that's the Kissinger Institute. Let me give you just kind of like a modern day example. It's not even super modern of why the Kissinger Institute is important. Well, it's a hub of influence and intelligence operations, period. Okay. And one of those uh, influence and intelligence operations, you could even go to be Barack Obama. Yes, the Barack star, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because it was uh, Barack's mother and his alleged father, Obama, that were both working at the Kissinger Institute at the time. And for those that don't know much about Obama's mother, there's some nude photos wrapping around her. Um, she looks like a honeypot. <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll just say, I mean, that's if you're doing nude photos at that time, you're working at the Kissinger Institute, your son ends up being a political figure. Chances are, and it, there's a lot of evidence, I believe, that Frank Marshall Davis is the birth father of Barack Obama. Anybody can go check out Dreams of My Father for that evidence. Um, but it's a hive. It's a hotbed for these operations. On top of that, Henry Kissinger openly is the statesman. I mean, you know, you know, the first time that I can remember I was even exposed to Henry Kissinger, and this is how embedded he is, um, was when I was watching The Simpsons. And Henry Kissinger is on The Simpsons. He actually does the voice. And he drops his uh, glasses in the toilet. And he goes on like this little short diatribe. I, Henry Kissinger, massive statesman, blah, 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 drop. You know, that it's embarrassing he would do that. So no idea who he was until later. And then you find out what he's doing under Nixon. Um, you know how, I mean, this is a guy they wanted to actually put as the head of the 9-11 commission originally. But by yes. then, by then he had already been so exposed in the mainstream of his outward war crimes during the 70s and 80s and how he treated third and second world populations. I mean, it was out there. So, yeah, you know, I don't like to spit on people's graves, brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and say, hey, he's burning in hell. I, go, I got no idea what's going on. I know good and evil exist. And I'm going to say that this guy, 
whether he realized it or not. But on some level, you, you're damn well. Again, sociopaths get it every once in a while. They just don't care. Psychopaths get yeah. it once in a while. They don't care. He was on the evil spectrum. And he yeah. was at the forefront for globalism on, on a, a number of levels. So I, I don't know how much further you want to go than that. But that's, that's kind of my that's take, yeah, you know, I forgot about the the 9/11 commission and of course your work with loose change, you know, the and the 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 Jersey girls that that got him thrown off of that commission. That's obviously a long legacy of of Kissinger. Let's pivot to AI because this has been in the news we'll wrap up with this. The Biden administration is for Saudi Aramco-backed venture capital firm Prosperity 7 to sell its shares in a Silicon Valley AI chip startup that's started by uh, Sam Altman. It's backed by him. It's called Rain Neuromorphics. They're working on chips, uh, designing computer chips to mimic the way the brain works. And now the Committee on Foreign Investment and under the Biden administration got involved and said, we can't have you here. So AI appears to be the next battlefield. You want to keep the, the Saudis out. You want to keep the people in the Middle East out of having influence over this chip. What do you where does your mind go when we start talking about the the role of artificial intelligence moving forward? Well, it actually wraps right into Kissinger, right? Uh, nobody lives forever, bro. And uh, if you don't know, now you know, guys, AI eventually is about them trying to convince you that you're going to digitally live forever and upload your consciousness. You notice how they're framing this as chips, how the brain works. Okay. So we could get into biomimetics and where that is. Sam Altman also at the forefront for WorldCoin, which is a biometric identification, UBI tokenized uh, cryptocurrency that's now been launched. Obviously there's been huge shakeups with him and OpenMind, but Microsoft owns part of OpenMind and they all all have defense contracts. And by the way, Altman, along with the Muskernuts and the Zucker Dew and a bunch of other ones, Sergey Brin among them, uh, a month and a half ago, met with uh, all of Senate behind closed doors. Not one peep in the mainstream media, not one report. Uh, if you go to C-SPAN, you can watch uh, Musk talk about it for five minutes after that closed door meeting. Uh, so my big thing is right now, it's being used, utilized as the great narrative. But that narrative is going to push you into this idea that you're immortal. Well, guess what? Henry Kissinger lived for 100 years. Guys, you get one run of the title. This is it. Uh, there may be those that think that they can biologically live forever with certain types of technology or certain types of transhumanism. In other words, the merging of man and machine. But I'm here to tell you, it ain't for you. And uh, you better watch out because that's where it's going. Well, the, the term transhumanism was coined by uh, Julian Huxley, brother of Aldous Huxley. Julian Huxley was coming off of running the British Eugenics Society. Funny how we started with uh, this this show on the topic of eugenics with Kate. We end here with the B British Eugenics Society and, and Julian Huxley deciding, you know, it's kind of hard, the branding and all with this eugenics name because it sounds so bad. It's got this bad reputation, you know, because we're murdering people. So they changed it. They coined a new term at, uh, that Huxley brought forward. He said, why don't we refer to eugenics from now on as something totally different. We'll call it transhumanism. And here we are. That's Jason Burmis, everybody. Jason, where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, at Jason Burmis on Twitter, although I'm heavily censored there. I can stream there now. We're on Rumble. We're on Rockfin. Uh, like I said, I do the Monday through Friday show at ampnews.us. 
But as soon as the move happens, you're going to see a lot more of me all the time, all over, I promise, Charlie. Love it. You're the best. Thank you, Jason. Thanks to Kate uh, Shimarani in the first segment. I'll be back next week, Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. Take care. <laughs>